Good morning, YouTube family. Hey, good to see you guys. I am back. <laughs> Sorry for yelling. Is that bothers? I don't know what's happening with the audio, but <laughs> oh, so good to be back, you guys. It's been a long time. Renee, hello. Good to see you. So glad you're here. Yes, I am very glad to be back. If you guys don't know, I got pneumonia. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that was, I've never had pneumonia before in my life. It is not to be messed with. If you're, yeah, if you have pneumonia, go get help and you have to advocate for yourself. I'm going to give you a little tip here, you guys. Even if you go to the emergency room, which I did, um, you, you know, and actually through the years, I have been to emergency rooms, not a ton of times, but a few times with different friends and even my husband. And I've noticed that I have, well, I've learned that you have to advocate for yourself. And doctors don't know everything. They just don't. I mean, they could be very smart. They're, you know, capable people. But to be honest, um, I think if doctors are honest with themselves, they will be able to admit they don't know. They, it's really trial and error for them. And actually, I was watching... Was I watching or was I listening? Uh, I can't remember at this point. But, oh, yeah, I was watching an interview of a doctor. And she was saying that, honestly, uh, doctors don't know. They don't know. They can only question and ask. And anyway, you guys, I'm kind of getting off into that. But I wanted to tell you guys, don't mess with pneumonia. Get your antibiotics. Get your antivirals. Get them both. Um, I've had two sets of friends whose husbands went in for pneumonia back in, I want to say May, May, June time. And both their husbands were sent out with some kind of antibiotic or antiviral, I'm not sure what. Both husbands continued to get, continued to get sicker. Um, both husbands were willing to keep on taking this medicine and staying home. It was their wives who drove them back to the ER to, only to discover that they should have been on a different kind of antibiotic or antiviral. I, I don't know which one it was. And um, uh, and it wasn't until they got the second set that both of them started recovering. Had they stayed home, had their wives not been there to insist on taking them back, they would probably be gone today. So I just wanted to let you know that. they One of them had to be admitted because he was that bad off. The other one was sent home with just the medicine, the different set of medicine, and he got better. Uh, but it still took both of them like a month to recover. And it took me a month to recover um, because pneumonia is no joke, you guys. It is no joke. So um, also, I was sent home with just anti an antiviral. Another, I saw a follow-up doctor who then said, why are you not on antibiotics also? And I'm like, I don't know. So he prescribed antibiotics, and then I started feeling a little bit better. But I was taking a ton of vitamins, you guys, so do that. Um, I even got an intravenous infusion of vitamins. That helped a lot. Actually, it was that after, I think it was two weeks in, um, two and a half weeks in. It was after the intravenous um, vitamins that within 36 hours, I finally started feeling like I could breathe. Yep, that's what took it. That's what, you know, it took. So for me, and I'm not recommending anything. This is just I'm letting you know what I did for myself. Um, but I do want to warn you guys, you have to advocate for yourself. 
doctors might send you back home with like, here, take this, you'll be fine. And if you're not feeling fine, go back. Keep asking, keep asking and keep asking and keep insisting that you need something else or you need something more or you need to see even another doctor. Go get a second opinion. So you guys, just want to give you that because I want you to be healthy. So today, you guys, we are talking about the new supply and um, what is known as a useful idiot. And the term useful idiot came about actually through um, an interview. Now, the guy did not come up, uh, come up with the term himself, but he talked about it. And this, is, this was the first time I had ever heard it. It was an interview given back in 1985 by a Soviet defector uh, from the, I think he was a spy for the Soviet Union. His name was Yuri Bezmenov. I'm going to give you guys a link to that interview. It was actually a shortened version of that interview. Or actually, he gave a huge lesson, like an hour, hour and a half long lesson. But then he had an interview which kind of condensed that lesson to four points. And I wanted to share with you because when I listened to this interview, it it kind of reminded me of what the new supply goes through with the narcissist. And even what we had gone through with the narcissist. Um, it's a transformation of yourself. It's a destabilization of your own life. And it is a... Um, destruction of your moral compass okay this happens when you attach yourself to a narcissist or when a narcissist attaches themselves to you and I am seeing this not only you know Yuri Bezmenov talks about this happening to a country and through the government and the subversion that happens but narcissists also subvert your life they do this to you and there are many parallels here and when I started this channel, I was focused mainly on the relationships, but as our world has been changing and getting more and more crazy, and some psychos are running our world out there, we realize we're living in not just crazy town, we are living in crazy world. There's a lot going on right now, a lot of people don't understand, but I want to draw these parallels um, because he, he describes them so well. So anyway, here we are. This is what we're going to talk about today. Um, Yuri talks about the ideological subversion. And that is what happens to the new supply. They are being subverted, ideologically subverted. Like all that, an ideology, you guys, is your belief system. What you believe and live your life based on. Okay, because you live your life based on your beliefs of what's right and what's wrong and what's important. These are your ideologies. So how do you subvert someone's ideology? Well, narcissists have gotten this down, uh, whether they do it out of um, their intelligence, you know, that they learned this or, you know, systems that they've learned. Actually, they don't. It sort of like comes naturally to narcissists. It comes naturally to psychopaths. And, um, but those who are nefarious out there, those out there who are trying to control groups of people or trying to manipulate them, and I'll use commercials as an example of that, by the way. Um, when a corporation wants to sell you a product, they're going to manipulate you into getting rid of your morals, getting rid of your diet, for instance, right? Getting rid of your ide ide ideologies of health to take 
consume their product because they don't care that you're going to hurt yourself using their product. They just want to sell you their product. So commercials are designed to manipulate you, to make you believe that if I eat this product, if I drink this product, if I take this product, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have a fulfilling life. I'm going, it's going to bring me relationships, right? That's why those commercials do that. That's what the pictures, they depict this for you. So you think this is the life I'll live if I consume this product. Um, well, the same thing happens with a narcissist when they come into your life, into the new supplies life. They, they will change the perception of reality. Now, Yuri uses this um, description, the ideological subversion, means to change the perception of reality to such an extent that despite the abundance of information or evidence, the person cannot come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, or their community. That is what happens to a new supply when the narcissist starts manipulating them. They change their perception of reality to such an extent that despite the amount, the abundance of information that's out there, and this is when friends and family come to the new supply and they're like, he is so bad for you or she is so bad for you. Here's all the evidence, you know, we, we caught them out on a dating app, you know, meeting other people and the new supply won't believe it, right? No amount of evidence. You know, you'll even have pictures and, and they'll say, well, how do we know it wasn't like a past girlfriend or a past boyfriend who was trying to make moves on them? And of course, the narcissist has explanations to explain anything away. And the new supply wants so badly to believe the narcissist that they will disregard the evidence, the information that's being brought to them by their friends and their family who love them. It is a brainwashing process, you guys. And there are four stages. And we're going to go through these four stages and what it looks like when the narcissist has accomplished each stage with the new supply. Now, Yuri Bezmenov talks about this happening in a country over a period of actually decades, right? There are some parts that take a couple of decades. I believe the first stage, he says, takes a couple of decades. The second stage, he says, takes only five or six years. Now, condense that with a relationship, a personal relationship. Narcissists move so quickly because they come in and they use slightly different tactics because they, they hook you in with this promise first. Okay, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go through the four stages. I'm going to get a drink here, you guys. All right. Ah, oh, man, made myself a beautiful cup of coffee. I love it so much. Uh, we got ourselves a, an espresso machine. Not the expensive kind, <laughs> but um, they're so cheap nowadays, which is awesome. So we got one, and it definitely makes better coffee. Much smoother. All right, you guys. The first stage is demoralization. Oh, hold on a second. Let me make a setting change here. Okay. The first stage is demoralization, which is a lack... Um, is the okay? He uses the term demoralization in English, right? In America, we believe we 
define demoralization as in like you become demoralized, you come become um, oppressed or depressed, or you, you give up hope, right? That's demoralization here. You're giving up hope. But when Yuri Bismanov talks about demoralization, what he really means is a lack of moral standards. That's what he means by like removing the removal of morals is what he means by demoralization. So if you watch the video and he talks about demoralization, it's not about bringing down your, your morale, right? It's about actually bringing down your morals. Um, I don't think at the time he understood or knew because English is not his language, right? His, his home language. Um, that there's another word called morale. <laughs> um, so demoralization is actually in English, uh, removing your morale or suppressing your morale. But morals is a totally different thing. Those, those are your standards that you live by. Those are the ideologies that make up um, what you believe to be right and wrong. Okay? So demoralization happens um, and it means to destroy or remove morality, lower your standards, or lower your morals. And once the new supply puts the narcissist in a position of power or influence and trust, the narcissist can start implementing their own standards or twisted morality. All right. So this is what happens in the first stage. I hate calling it demoralization, but that's what it's called. The removal of, of the new supply's morals happens when the narcissist gets the new supply to trust them, right? Puts them into a... Um, position of influence and power in the in the new supply's life. So the new supply may actually hand over their life essentially to the new supply. I'm sorry, to the narcissist. They will um, share, you know, their bank account with them. They're, they'll share their car with them. They'll share their home with them. Um, they may even move in right away with the narcissist or have the narcissist move in with them. Like they give the narcissist full reign of their life. They don't mind if the narcissist goes through their phone and they don't know what the narcissist, they'll give the <clears throat> narcissist their PIN numbers or passwords, things like this. So this is the demoralization or the removal of the, the new supplies morals. Once the narcissist has convinced the new supply um, to trust them, then the new supply hands over their ability then to question the narcissist, right? They, they refuse, they, they don't question the narcissist because they trust the narcissist. So at this point, the new supply becomes what Yuri Bezmenov calls contaminated. They become programmed to think and react to certain stimuli and in a certain pattern. At this point, I mean, and, and when he talks about nations, it takes... This is the point that takes decades, he says, to happen within a nation. This is what the Soviet Union had planned to do and started doing. And it's not just the Soviet Union, by the way. It's um, communist nations. Uh, I didn't really quite believe this before. It's like, why does it matter if a communist nation tries to spread their ideologies, right? But now I realize because communist nations are not interested in keeping within their borders, right? Neither are empires, okay? I'm not saying that one or the other is, you know, anybody who wants to expand their empire, it's not a good thing for the rest of us, right? So narcissists do that. They want to expand 
their empire. They want to expand their uh, power over others. And they will continue to do this. That's why they somewhat program or deprogram those willing to come alongside them. So once the narcissist has deprogrammed or removed your ideologies and now have replaced them with the narcissist's own ideologies, right? Their warped way of thinking, their twisted morality. Then the new supply, their flying monkeys, their fan club become contaminated. They become programmed. They become um, reliant, right, on the, the narcissist. A lot of times what happens is the narcissist, they become reliant on the narcissist for their social interactions. Like um, the narcissist, that's why narcissists are like, they can pull people together and you think, oh, you know, if I break from this, I won't have these friends. I won't have this group. I won't have this camaraderie. And so people stay. They're contaminated. They are now programmed to think and react to certain stimuli and in a certain pattern. So they become like a one-think kind of organism. They cannot think outside of this paradigm. They now have to think within the group. So it's groupthink. It's like mob mentality. They cannot break out of it. Like they're, they're, they're trained to react to how the mob reacts. So they also are trained to react to how the narcissist reacts, right? So if the narcissist wants them to behave or um, do certain things, all they have to do, all the narcissist has to do is say a few words and the new supply starts to react to it. It's a psychological takeover. Uh, so the new supply starts to react and behave in a controlled manner because they're being controlled by the, the narcissist. You cannot, and at this point, right, this is the first stage. This is only the first stage, you guys. But the narcissist move far faster than um, when other <clears throat> countries are overtaking a country. Um, it takes years because they have to brainwash a multitude of people. While the narcissist only has to brainwash one person. So they can move extremely quickly. They can gain the trust. Once they gain the trust of the new supply, they can start the brainwashing process. So once the new supply has taken on the narcissist's uh, warped sense of morality, their ideologies, um, their perception of reality, at that point, even as their parent, even as the new supply's best friend, even as the new supply's sibling, you cannot change their mind and their now twisted perception of reality. Their perception of reality now puts the narcissist and the narcissist ideology above everybody else's. So they will follow the narcissist into danger and you could be pulling at their arm and saying, no, don't go. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to be destroyed. You know, it's a cliff. You don't go over it. They, their perception of reality is so twisted at that point that they cannot and will not believe any information. No, no abundance of information can penetrate this, this now twisted perception that they have. Um, if you look around, you may see that happening right now in crazy world. But we are talking about crazy town, so I'm going to stay there. You can draw your own parallels. 
He says, um, Yuri Bezmanov says at this point, it, once their perception of reality is completely twisted, uh, it is complete and irreversible. He says it's complete and irreversible, which for a lot of people I think is true, but I don't think it is completely irreversible and we'll go into that in a minute. But first I want to talk about what does it look like when it's complete and irreversible? That means the new supply will drive themselves to complete destruction. And I'm going to get into what happens later on. So it kind of leads to stage two. Um, I don't want to jump ahead, but <clears throat> we're going to talk about stage two because that's where the complete destruction comes in. Uh, I don't think that this is irreversible, and we're going to talk about that at the end after the four stages. So a person with no moral standards cannot see the truth. That's the first stage still, right? The demoralization or the removal of morals. Not morale, morals, okay? Um, a person with no moral standards cannot see the truth and, re and will refuse to believe the truth. Yuri Bezmanov says, until he's being crushed under the boot of his pro oppressor. Okay, he says in a very uh, graphic way, and in this video they removed this word, but if you look at this video in other versions, you'll hear what he really says. Um, to put it nicely, you would say the boot on their neck, until the boot is on their neck. Uh, they will not believe that they're being fooled. They will not believe that their oppressor is a bad person. Um, same thing with the new supply. They cannot believe that the narcissist is going to hurt them or is hurting them or is leading them into destruction, or has already destroyed a lot of their life. They just can't, you know, it's like their perception of reality is so, I don't know, you know, I want to say shaded, but it's beyond shaded, so distorted. <clears throat> so, sadly, a lot of people don't realize that the narcissist is bad for them until tremendous destruction has already happened, right? That's why a lot of people come to channels like mine because, and including myself, because after being destroyed by a narcissist, you reach out. You're like, I want to understand. I want to heal. I want to figure out what just happened. I was talking to a person just recently, just um, a few days ago, who was telling me about his uh, life. Now, he didn't know, he didn't know that I did this channel, and he didn't know, um, that there are others who've gone through the same thing that he did. He described the same type of things that we all have lived through that happened between him and his ex-wife. And I, and he's like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe what I went through. You would, you know, and I'm like, yes, I would. Yes, I would. I totally would understand it too, because I have heard it many times and I have experienced some of it myself. Lady... Bo Bannon, good to see you, says, narcissists put your discernment to sleep because they are just so great in the beginning, usually. Yep, this is true. Yep. Okay, you guys, we're going to go to stage number two. So after you, they've removed your ability to navigate morality, to actually know what's right, what's wrong, then they destabilize. The destabilization stage is stage number two. <clears throat> This is the stage where the narcissist doesn't care how much the new supply destroys themselves through their bad habits. They may start drugs. They may start 
drinking uncontrollably. They may start sleeping with multiple, multiple partners and thinking this is okay. We have an open relationship. So their morals have already been destroyed by the narcissist. Excuse me, you guys. I'm a little dry. Let me drink something. So their morals are already destroyed. <clears throat> And now they are destroying their lives because they have no more moral compass, right? Everything is okay. Everything is good for them suddenly. Everything the narcissist um, allows them to do or encourages them to do is now suddenly okay to do. When before, they never would have done it, right? That's why a lot of people, I've heard a lot of these stories where people are like, I was so surprised at myself for what I started doing. I never thought I would have started doing these things. And when you're with a narcissist, you low, not just lower your standards, you, they demolish your standards. Once they've demolished your standards and you've come to trust them, then you start to destroy yourself. Because when you have no moral compass, people will start to destroy themselves by the way they live their life. Your moral compass is there to protect you. To build you up to strengthen you but when that's gone you're going to put yourself in danger and when you do that the narcissist doesn't care they don't care right <clears throat> they're actually kind of amused by it they're amused at how well they can manipulate you and how well they can control you and how how well they can cause you to do things right encourage you to do things they knew you never would have done before so this is the time where i've spoken a lot of times about criminals who get involved with non-criminal new supply <clears throat> now the non-criminal new supply will become a criminal themselves they'll start aiding the narcissist in their criminal activity and let me tell you the narcissist doesn't care if the new supply goes to jail they don't they don't care if they destroy the new supply's life, remove them from their family, get them into criminal activity, and then the new supply ends up going to jail because of this. And, remove, you know, the new supply loses their children because of this. And the narcissist doesn't care, right? This is what happens through the destabilization stage. So at that point, the new supply destabilizes their whole life. They have no morality. They're doing all kinds of stuff that's just destructive. Um, they're probably spending like crazy. They may even be stealing. They may be getting into criminal activity. They are destabilizing themselves and the life that they had up to that point. They thought was so bad and so oppressive or so, so uh, bland, because this is what the narcissist will tell them, that they think that what they're doing now is good. So... That's the destabilization point. Now, stage three comes, and stage three is crisis. Stage three, I want to say, in the personal, um, the narcissist and new supply relationship, has to do with financial crisis, emotional crisis, psychological crisis, or even physical illness type of crisis. When the new supply gets into the crisis mode, by the narcissist creating a problem, right, in their life. The narciss at this point, 
actually, sometimes the narcissist comes into the new supply's life at a point of crisis. Sometimes, not all the time. Um, but mainly they bring the new supply to a crisis in their life. And at that point, or reveal a crisis that wasn't really there, but now they see it and they think there's a crisis. The narcissist now acts as if they're the ones to swoop in and solve the problem, right? The narcissist is going to fix their financial crisis, their emotional crisis, their psychological or their physical crisis. So, so the new supply is going to go there and, and believe all the sweet words, all the sweet promises, all the future faking happens during this stage. So you see, it does, if you're looking at this on the narcissist relationship uh, stage, all of these stages go through so quickly with the narcissist. So here it is, the narcissist is doing the future faking and the promises and the sweet words during this crisis or even, um, what do you call it, manipulated in, in fake crisis. They'll create a fake crisis. And it's really sad because I look at some relationships and I see how someone who's married in a, you know, not perfect, you know, because there are no perfect relationships, right? But a narcissist will enter and show the new supply cracks in their actually rather good relationship. But they'll show them cracks or they'll, they'll make them believe that there are cracks in their relationship. And then the narcissist can promise something else. The narcissist can promise them a solution or something that will take them away or, or a better relationship that won't have those cracks, right? But we all know that the relationship with a narcissist is far worse than what you just came out of, all right? So that's your crisis. Now, once the narcissist starts to fix, if you will, the, the crisis, right? Swoops them away, takes them away for a vacation, um, maybe even buy them a car or gives them some financial stability or excitement. It may not be financial. Maybe give them excitement in their life and, and adventure in their life. And, you know, they're running around town, even not spending a bunch of money, but still having a, a really fabulous time. Narcissists know how to swoop people up into this fantasy world. Um, once this happens, then you're going to crave it, right? You're going to want always to have this soothing salve on your wound or your crisis that's happened in your life. You feel like you need it. You need this uh, attention from the narcissist. You need the adventure from the narcissist. You need the physical relationship you have, you know, the bedroom stuff with the narcissist to feel connected. Um, now, at this point, the narcissist has total control over the new supply and can make demands, right? Can demand and start showing their ugliness. And they start taking away the new supply's freedoms. No, you cannot go to the girl's night out. Or no, you cannot go to the guy's night out. No, you cannot... Um, you cannot go see your brother. No, you can't go see your sister. No, you cannot call your mother. Your mother hates me. You know, so things like that will start to happen. They try to start controlling the new supply. And the new supply will think that this is normal. 
This is okay. Because it happens little by little. They start extricating the, the new supply from their life and the people who care about them. And they start limiting their movements even. Like, you better call me when you get there. And call me when you're leaving. And when you leave, you better be home within 10 minutes. Because I know the drive should only take 10 minutes. And if it should take you 15 minutes, you know, you're going you're gonna to get a tongue lashing. You're going to get yelled at or, or whatever from the narcissist. Your life starts, this is stage four. You start to normalize this abuse. You start to normalize and think that this is okay. You start to give up these certain individual freedoms. You give up your dignity, give up your values, and you start to think this is normal. So stage four is normalization. It leads to total mental illness, you guys, and insanity. So once they got them to believe that it's okay to be like this, this is why a lot of abused people, when they come out of a relationship, they thought, oh, you mean your husband doesn't do this or your wife doesn't do that? Your wife doesn't talk to you in a demeaning way and, and calls you names when she's mad? Um, your, your husband or your boyfriend doesn't restrict your movements or require you to show video of where you are, you know, they don't understand that that's not normal because to them, all of this has been normalized. So all the, the, way, the ways that the narcissist treats the new supply to control them becomes a normal part of their life. The new supply will become triangulated and they'll think that's normal too. Like the, the narcissist wants you fighting over them all the time. <clears throat> so they think like jealousy is part of a healthy relationship, uh, the new supply that is. So when the narcissist, either the narcissist starts acting jealous of the new supply um, or mainly the narcissist wants the new supply to be jealous of them. So they start thinking it's normal to, in a relationship and actually even healthy in a relationship to have jealousy. So this, this only will destroy the, the new supply more. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm getting at the point where, oh, in the video, he compares, you know, and I'll put the link to the video, the interview with Yuri. He talks about the Soviet Union <clears throat> and communism. But I want you to also know that it's not just the Soviet Union that's communist out there. There are a lot of communist countries out there. And um, China is also a communist superpower at this point. Uh, Soviet Union used to be a, a communist superpower. I think the Soviet Union's not as super. It's probably second now. But here's the deal. I also was, <laughs> of all places, learned about, uh, not about communism necessarily, although he did speak about communism, a cooking channel. Yeah, a British cooking channel. I was watching this guy who uh, is uh, kind of doing experimental cooking. It's kind of a funny cooking show, actually, because this guy is not a chef. And he said that he was talking about a little bit of history after World War II, that in Japan, after World War II, they were so devastated, of course, you know, having two atom bombs um, dropped on them. And... Uh, but the United States looked there, or our government at that point, um, 
you know, look towards uh, Japan and recognize that at least some in the United States understood that a starving nation becomes a communist nation. That really struck me, you know, that the chef says these, this phrase that a starving nation becomes a communist nation. So the United States sent them uh, flour to make bread. And the whole point of the cooking show, and I'll get off a little bit just to complete this, uh, it was that we sent them flour, very, very cheap flour, thinking they'll make bread so they won't starve to death. But of course, they made noodles instead. And now we have instant noodles. So there you go, you guys. That's how we came up with instant noodles. Um, but the point is that a starving or devastated nation becomes communist. And uh, what happens, though, in narcissist relationships is when a new supply is starved of affection, starved of attention, starved of kindness, they will allow the narcissist to just barely give them bits of breadcrumbs, right? They think that breadcrumbs are worthy. They think that breadcrumbs are enough and uh, they're willing to take just breadcrumbs. And to me, the breadcrumbs are what communism does to people. You do not become prosperous through communism, by the way. Um, it's very destructive. And so, you know, and communist ideologies. And, you know, I'm not trying to attack certain countries. I'm just saying that when your mind becomes like that as well, um, social welfare. You don't get rich out of social welfare. You don't. You don't prosper from social welfare. Uh, people who depend on that and rely on it to the point where they don't ever imagine seeing themselves off of welfare, that is not a mindset or ideology that will help them get out of it, out of their uh, poverty. But a starving person will cling to that and think that this is good. This is going to help me. This is, and for a time period, that's fine. But you have to break out of the mentality that you have to rely on it forever. Okay. Communism keeps you trapped forever. Keeps you stuck in this mentality that you need these breadcrumbs. And without these breadcrumbs, you will starve. It never gives you the idea that, oh, if I break out, I can actually eat a whole steak. I can actually build my life up to the point where I can go out to dinner and order a steak or even buy organic groceries, right? I can, I can break out of all of this and not take your breadcrumbs anymore, not take your measly, um, you know, sloppy leftovers. I can actually take care of myself and prosper. These are ideologies that are dis destroyed within your relationship with a narcissist. And you take these little breadcrumbs of attention that they're willing to give you. You take these little breadcrumbs of once in a while, they'll say something nice to you, right? They'll praise you a little bit. They'll give you a little bit of a, a, a compliment. But then they destroy you again a few minutes later or a few hours later or the next day. But you live each day hoping that you'll get a few more breadcrumbs from the narcissist who now controls the new supply. So here's the deal. Even though you may know, or the new supply may know, that the narcissist is no good, but you are now programmed to react to their stimuli in certain word patterns. 
that will pull you or the new supply back in. This is why they always keep you tied on a string. That, this is why even though we discarded them or they discarded us and we're away from them, they will still call us from time to time just to see if they can get back into your life, right? They, they keep tabs on you. They may even be coming around and watching you just to and testing out to see if you're willing to let them stay in your life because they know they still, if, if you're willing to allow them to stay in your life and you're willing to still take calls or texts from them, then they know they still have that connection to you, that you still have that stimuli that you react to, or they still have that power over you. So this is where I don't think that everyone is, uh, brain, when they get brainwashed, that they are, it's irreversible. I think it is reversible and some people actually don't ever break out of it, which is really sad. I've met people who five, six years after their relationship with the narcissist are still making themselves available to the narcissist, right? Uh, it's just not healthy. It's not good for them. But I think that there is a way to break out and I'll tell you what it is. So the way you break out of this is you have to seek the truth. The new supply has to seek the truth. No longer can can they accept you coming to them or their friends and family coming to them and pointing out the truth to them. They have to want to seek the truth. They have to do it. Now, if it's you, then you have to want to seek the truth. If you're just sitting there thinking, well, the truth is just going to hit me over the head one day and I'll wake up if I need to wake up, if there's anything to wake up to, you're not ever going to wake up. Now, those people, I believe Yuri Besmanov is right, that they are brainwashed and it's irreversible because because they're thinking if there's anything to wake up to, I will wake up to it. They're not going to wake up. Now, those who are seeing and feeling like there's something wrong, I'm miserable, my whole life is, fall is falling apart, things are not what it seems, you know, people are, you know, um, the narcissist is telling me, life is good, we're good, everything's good, but I'm looking around myself and I see nothing but destroyed relationships, destroyed financial um, stability, uh, destroyed, you know, destroyed family, uh, destroyed family. Uh, a destroyed home, uh, everything's falling apart, you know, destroyed job. No, everything is not well. And I'm anxious all the time, or I'm mad all the time, or I'm, I'm scared all the time. No, not everything is good, right? If you are feeling this way, if the new supply is feeling this way, the way they can break out of it is to actually want to see the truth. And the way you do that is you start to question everything. Question. Just wait a minute. Why do I have to do it this way? Why are you um, demanding these things of me? Why do you keep talking down to me? Question it. Like, that to me is not love. And all your explanations for why talking down to me is somehow you caring about me, I'm going to question that. Because I don't think that's caring. I don't think... And I don't want that anymore, right? So you have to start questioning. You have to start saying, no, that doesn't make sense. And I'm not going to accept your excuses anymore. 
That's how you break out of this brainwashing, this absolute control, total control that a narcissist has over you. Look back at what they have done and allow yourself to question each scenario, each memory, and just start looking at it in a different light, okay? And I wrote that, allow yourself to question everything you have thought was truth, right? Oh, they said they, you know, they, they're jealous because they're, they're, they love me. It's a sign of their love. Their jealousy is a sign of their love. Question that. Like, what is jealousy really? Jealousy is not a sign of love. Jealousy is a sign of control, you guys. Control and insecurity from the other person who is being jealous. That is what jealousy is. It is not a sign of love. Love is trust, not jealousy. All right? So you have to question what you've been told. You have to question these triggers, these, the way you learn to react to certain words from the, and, and the promises that the narcissist has made to you. All right? So here's the deal. If, if what you were told was the truth, it will withstand the questioning. So don't be afraid. Do not be afraid to question. Because if it was truthful, if it was the truth, it will withstand the questioning. It'll stand up on its own merits, right? But if it was a lie, you'll start to see cracks. You'll start to see in, in um, oh, why can't I think of it? Uh, you'll, you'll start to see inconsistencies. Yeah. So, and you're going to start to see evidence. That's what it will take to wake up yourself or to the new supply who is still attached to the narcissist. Well, you guys, I'm so glad you guys have come on. I know I've been away for, was it four weeks now? <laughs> Sorry about that. And I know a lot of people don't know to come back on again because I've been away for so long. But I'm so glad you guys came on today. Renee says, the narc tried getting back into my life after three years. No contact. Wow. He hasn't changed and it just proves all is not rosy with the new supply. Exactly. Exactly. So all those times that you believed that, oh, the narcissist has changed. They're all the things that they had promised me they were going to be, but they are now with the new supply. It's not. It's not. You can see it. And if you're tempted, when you you know, that this is where the brainwashing, the the removal of your morals comes into play and, and how you have started normalizing, how you have started reacting to the narcissist. You might become tempted to go back to the narcissist because those triggers, those um, the stimuli that causes certain patterns of reaction from you in the past will come back into play. And you'll start feeling like, well, they, they did care about me some. They did do some nice things. I, I did trust them for a long time. Or I, we did have, you know, these things, these lies, the deceit will come back and try to pull you back into a relationship with them. But you are right, Renee. When you look over there, you're like, well, why are they calling me when they're with this new supply? Right? So that means... Whatever is going on with them in the new supply was not the perfect picture 
that you thought was happening. It's not that the narcissist has changed and now is all those wonderful things that they promised you they were going to be in your relationship. They are exactly the same person. They're going to take the new supply down this uh, path of destruction. And if they get you back into their life, they will take you back into that path of destruction. Yep. Renee says, he never married the new supply, although they were engaged, and she rubbed it in my face. Wow. Yep. Lady Bobannon says, it has been almost three years since my divorce, and the ex-husband bought me a necklace while his wife was away. Wow. She had fled him, but is now back. Who now has a necklace he bought her? <laughs> yeah, why not, right? Keep, keep the present. Yeah. Ladies, O'Bannon also says, never have put on the necklace. He said it was from our daughter. Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. It's a booby prize. The narcissist is a booby prize, not a real prize at all. Well, you guys, thank you for coming on with me. Um, thank you for watching. And if you can, once in a while, watch a commercial for me. I um, I found out this week that I get shadow banned, by the way, because uh, apparently there are forces out there that don't like me uh, waking people up. They don't like me telling the truth. And I'm talking about the truth, not, not even about, you know, what do you call it? Wow, what was it? forbidden words right now that are out there. Um, but I'm talking about just teaching, because I have a background in finance and economics. I was just talking about uh, GDP and what GDP is comprised of. And this comment was banned, shadow banned, by the way. So it was on a site where um, it's not a conservative site or a liberal site. It was a financial advisor, advisory site. So I think it's a site where I could actually have woken up a lot of people and to to the fact that, I don't know if you guys know, I know this is totally off topic, but uh, gross domestic product is how we, we measure or how our government measures whether our, our economy is growing or not, right? So if gross domestic product is up, uh, then that means our economy is growing. Well, the problem with GDP now is that, or for the last several years, is that our government, once our economy started contracting, actually, uh, they started changing the variables in GDP. And one of the variables they added to, to calculate GDP, our growth or in, in our economy, is government spending. Now think about that. Government spending. So the more the government spends, the more the government borrows to from the future, which is what they're doing, because our actual collection of taxes and revenue each year is nowhere near what they spend. They spend about two to three times what we collect. So if you can imagine, you're working, and I'm going to use simple figures. You're working, and you make $50,000 a year, but you borrow from your credit card about 100000 to to um, $200,000 every year. You're only making 50, okay? So you should be living on a $50,000 a year budget. But if you're borrowing 100 to $200,000 each year, 
you're going to live like you're rich, right? You're going to live like, oh, well, now you actually have $250,000. You're not going to live the same way that you did when you had, you only make 50, right? But you're borrowing 200000 each year. So say by the fifth year, you now owe a million dollars, okay? So during the five years, you buy yourself a mansion, you buy yourself the car of your dreams, you go on these extravagant vacations, you go out to these beautiful dinners. By the fifth year, you are now a million dollars in debt. How long can you sustain this? How long until the debt collectors come and say, hey, you haven't even been paying interest. We're coming after you. And they'll repossess your house, they'll repossess your car, all that. So for the government to include government spending, counting that, them borrowing as prosperity is like you borrowing money every year and counting yourself as prosperous. Well, it comes to an end at some point, right? It comes to an end. So this is what our government's been doing. Uh, anyway, that was shadow banned. And what I mean by that is I could, I could see that the comment went up by one, you know, tal the tally for the comments went up by one. And I could see my comment there. But then when I went on a friend's account to go see if, you know, like, huh, I'm surprised that I'm not getting any response to this. So I went on their account and went to that video, the financial advice video, went looking for my comment because it should have been one of the newest comments, right, added. Uh, it was not there. And not only that, but the tally itself was less than what the tally was saying on my account. My account showed that video with one extra comment, my comment. Her account showed what the comment tally was less by one. So my comment was not there and was not counted. And it was also not there. That is what's happening out there, you guys. They don't want us waking up. And this is why I talk about things outside of, and not really outside of Escape from Crazy Town. It really is crazy world out there and we have to wake up and I'm praying that we do wake up and I'm hoping that you guys start to question just ask questions we're not I'm not saying um, you're wrong I'm right well you know I'm just saying just ask a few questions you may come to a different conclusion you may have gone through what Yuri Bezmenov described and I think that there are there's a lot of mental illness out there because of this it has become normalized Mental illness has become normalized to the point where people are accepting lies for truth. People are even pushing for others to believe the lies and give up truth. That's what is going on, you guys. So please, um, take care of yourselves. Be aware. Start asking questions. If asking questions is a bad thing, then we're in a bad place. You're in a bad place. If someone ever is like, you are not allowed to question, then get out of there. <laughs> run. Run as fast as you can, okay? That is delusion. Yes. Yep. Wow, Lady Bobana. So glad you woke up. Yep. Says, yes, the delusion is real. Woke up finally and can't look back. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Renee, exactly, exactly. So you guys, 
please spread the news. I know there are people out there who want channels from creators who are awake. So I am fully, you know, not, I don't know about fully, but I am awake. And I'm continually seeking and questioning and, and not, you know, I'm not at this point, not that trustful of a person. I'm quite skeptical now, even from people who seem like they're awake or with it or whatever, um, which is nice, which is good, but to an extent, right? I'll still question. So do that. Oh, so glad to see that too, Renee. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm so glad that you're awake as well. So you guys, blessings to you. Thank you so much again. Uh, if you can watch a commercial once in a while for me, I don't ask for donations or anything like that. I'm not a big businesswoman type of person. <laughs> Actually, I really stink at that. Um, maybe it'll change one day, but for now, if you can just watch a commercial once in a while, that'll help me. Give me a thumbs up. Comment in the comment section uh, when the video is uploaded. I will have, well, I guess you can comment, it on, comment on it anyway if they give you this video. But a lot of people won't see the video until it's posted. And they take about, oh, I want to say, uh, 24 hours almost to upload my videos now. All right, you guys. Blessings to you. And I will see you next week. Stay safe. Stay awake. Keep questioning everything. And teach your friends to question things. Just get them to ask, what's going on here? Why is this happening? This doesn't make sense, right? Say, just start questioning. And hopefully they will wake up. And I think that's the only thing that we can do. All right. Blessings to you guys. Not the only thing, but that is definitely a good thing that we can do. Have a good day and enjoy your week.